You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 645 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland, coming to you live from State Farm Arena, which would probably explain the audio quality here on a Saturday evening, but it was a lot of fun in the building tonight. The Hawks got a 103-99 victory over the Orlando Magic in a memorable way. Honestly, there's a lot of uh, stuff that we'll go through in this uh, this game, but uh, needless to say, a very, very good win for this Hawks team. Granted, they were only small underdogs against Orlando in this contest, about two, two and a half points, depending on where you looked, but still playing at home in front of a, honestly, a packed atmosphere and a good atmosphere, um, especially when compared to uh, previous iterations of this crowd in the last couple of years. It was an awesome crowd, awesome atmosphere, and the Hawks get a win um, with some clutch play down the stretch. So you can't really ask for more than that, and uh, plenty more to talk about, including, of course, the play of Trey Young. So uh, we'll start at the top of this podcast, as we always do. If you're a new listener, welcome to the program, and we will go over uh, kind of the big picture stuff um, and the nitty-gritty in the first half of the podcast. Then after a short break, we'll, get, we'll go uh, deeper into the individual players and in the contest, kind of with a uh, player-by-player breakdown of how things went. So welcome to the podcast, and uh, at the top here, we will talk about uh, the first quarter, which... Things opened up um, with Trey Young, and as, and I also closed with Trey Young, which is kind of fitting in a lot of ways. Young actually went four for four for about ten points in the first four minutes of this contest. The first two buckets of the game actually from Trey were uh, both off ball screens from Alex Lynn. He was getting wherever he wanted to get against a quality defense. That was kind of a theme throughout the night, honestly, is that Trey did great work against a defense that is going to be a top-ten unit in the league probably in Orlando. In fact, Lloyd Pierce said that Jonathan Isaac is an all-league defender. I'm quoting him when saying that, and I can't disagree. They have a lot of length on this team. I have made fun of Orlando's roster construction at times in other other mediums in my writing and stuff like that. I still believe that, but from a defensive perspective, this is a good defense, and the Hawks did enough to win in this game as a result of that. Um, the first subs in this game were Jabari Parker, Kevin Herter, and Bruno Fernando. They actually went back to the staggering of John Collins and Trey Young. In fact, they brought Collins back in. They took Collins out first. They brought him back in at the same time that, Tur- that uh, Turner came in for Trey Young. And that makes sense in a lot of ways. That was the second game in a row that the Hawks have done that, where they're intentionally kind of staggering those guys for large portions of this game. And that allows them to have John Collins on the court to try to help the offense out a little bit when Trey leaves the court, which I definitely agree with as a theoretical concept. Um, there was a one stretch where there was back-to-back threes from Orlando in the first quarter to take a lead and prop the timeout, but for the most part, it was really, really positive from the Hawks. There was a 12-man rotation in this game, including 11 guys that played in the first quarter. Um, in the first quarter, though, the Hawks' offense did struggle in 96 offensive rating. They, shot, didn't, they just didn't shoot very well. Nothing disastrous, but just did not um, really establish themselves offensively until later in the contest. Um, sort of as a wrinkle here, as a sidebar, um, the entire game was basically, was, was basically tight. There was uh, one point in time when the Hawks pushed ahead, I guess relatively comfortably, but for the most part, on a quarter-by-quarter basis, it was pretty narrow. No team winning any quarter by more than five points, and it was a lot of back and forth throughout this contest. I could probably do all the runs for you, but I'll save some of them for later. Uh, At the start of the second quarter, Damian Jones made his debut with the Hawks in a regular season construct. He did not not play at all in uh, Game 1. I thought Damian was actually pretty good, better than he had been in the preseason, to be sure, and he immediately arrived with a dunk that was set up by Trey Young, which makes a lot of sense. Um... I have a feeling, and uh, Lloyd Pierce was not asked this after the game, I have a feeling that um, this is probably intentional. I didn't see anything for Bruno Fernando in the first quarter that uh, would have led me to believe that he was uh, coming off the floor um, for any 
performance reasons. I think they probably just wanted to see Damian Jones. They played 12 guys as a result of that. There was a great moment from John Collins in the second quarter where he had a second and third effort to get a bucket at the rim when he was probably fouled twice. He actually flexed after that, and that was probably uh, rightly earned because he had just kind of did everything that he, could, he could possibly do to get the bucket in that particular circumstance. There was a good Jabari Parker stretch in the second quarter where he had a great play where he attacked the rim and finished uh, through a couple of guys and through contact. Also contributed a steal on the defensive side of the ball. I thought Jabari played well. We'll come back to him later. Um, Young came out with about four minutes to go and in the second half, sorry, in the second quarter, and Kevin Herter was the primary ball handler during that time. They definitely rotated around, had a lot of different guys handle the ball when Trey left the court, but um, Young did play 36 minutes to lead the team. Again, that's going to be a theme throughout the season, I have a feeling, and uh, they, they did okay when he left the floor in this game. Spoiler alert. Young was plus 14 in a four-point win, so they lost by 10 in the 12 minutes. That's really bad. Um, you know, it's not it's, offensively; they, they just can't score. And we'll come back to that, of course, over and over again. But uh, that is definitely going to be a regular theme in the future. Um, the first field goal of Ken Reddish's career happened in the first half to give the Hawks their largest lead of the game at that point by seven points. Reddish did finish with three field goals in this game, but he did not have a field goal in the opener, so that was his first field goal of his career. In the first half, the Hawks um, had a 107 offensive rating, which is actually better than they were for the full game, so I guess they had a better offensive quarter in the second quarter than any other time in this contest. Trey had 17.6 assists and five rebounds at the half. That is pretty impressive. The Hawks struggled on the, on the defensive glass throughout this game, but they did hold Orlando to, to really, really dismal shooting, honestly, and that was uh, that definitely became an overall theme of what happened in this game. They just could not get stops um, in terms of the defensive glass, but they played good in terms of uh, allowing them to not um, get, you know, not make shots, essentially, throughout this contest. So after the break, uh, there was a pretty floater from Cam Reddish, which was nice to see for his for his uh, first bucket of the second half. Um, Young got a nice steal after playing the passing lane very well. He had a pull-up 28-footer, which was, uh, I couldn't believe he made it, honestly. It was, kind of, it was probably the worst shot he's taken in terms of just shot selection, but he made it, which is <laughs> definitely something he's going to be doing uh, every once in a while, from uh, even, even on very difficult shots like that. They put the, uh, put the Hawks up by nine, and at that point in time, that was probably the most comfortable lead they would have for quite some time. It was a nine-to-two run with Trey being responsible for not, all nine points, including the passing and the shooting that he would have. The Hawks did start turning the ball over a little bit more, though, in the third quarter. They got Orlando back into the game, back within two. Back-to-back um, -back actually dropped passes from Bruno Fernando that could have been easy finishes, which is unfortunate for him. And then moments later, he actually left this game with what the Hawks are calling a right ankle sprain. Boyd Pierce was actually asked about that after the game. He had no further update other than that he just rolled his ankle. So we'll see how the severity is there with Bruno. Um, obviously, more, more Damian Jones if Bruno is unable to play. But we'll come back to that as we get more information about Bruno Fernando. There were two big old dunks from Jabari Parker in the second quarter. Uh, sorry, in the third quarter. Um, one, The second one was just absolutely enormous. Uh, they, were, they were definitely sandwiched around one bad shot that he took that I sort of noted on Twitter. But Jabari was once again very effective in this game very efficient in this game we'll talk about him more when we get to the player section um, Orlando did score the final five points in the third quarter though, to make things interesting in the, in the final 31 seconds getting back within two uh, and then actually it was a 12 uh, sorry a 10 to 2 overall run by Orlando to take the lead at 80 to 79 between the end of the third and the beginning of the fourth quarters uh, Trey went to the bench with about 10 minutes to go. The Hawks were down by one. He also sat with Collins at the same time. That is very dangerous, but it was clear, clearly to be uh, uh, a pointed choice by uh, Lloyd Pierce to have both those guys coming back in at the same time for crunch time. They ended up working out, I guess. Um, it was, you know, the Hawks won this game. They were minus four, though, in those four minutes, which is dangerous. Obviously, it's a little bit um, risky, but it ended up working out pretty well. The first three minutes of the uh, time in which Young and Collins sat was actually pretty ugly on both ends of the floor, but that is probably the theory of when they're of what they're going to be able to do when Trey leaves the court, just muck it up. Um, neither team scored for about two and a half minutes, and they finally scored on a, on uh, to retake the lead when Evan Turner found DeAndre Bembry. But 
that was kind of the epitome of what the Hawks want to do, I guess, at least they, that they should want to do whenever Trey leaves the court, especially especially when John leaves as well, is just slow the game down, grind it out, and hope to uh, hold serve. You know, minus four or four minutes, not great, but, you know, it was good enough in this game. Um, there was, it was a call that sent Augustine to the line for Orlando that absolutely incensed Lloyd Pierce, and rightly so on replay. That was a really rough one when things were really, really heated at, at that point in time. With 6.42 to go, the Hawks went with their closing-ish lineup of Yonre Bembry, DeAndre Hunter, Trey Young, John, um, John Collins, and Vince Carter, who had only played five minutes up to that point. Lloyd Pierce praised Vince for his uh, steadiness. That's why they went to Vince Carter. I will say, as an addendum to that, Lloyd, uh, Kevin Herter had already been to 19 minutes at that point in time, and uh, before the game, Lloyd Pierce said that Herter was only going to be playing 20 minutes in this contest. By the end of the game, Herter got to 21, which is a little bit more than they wanted to, of course, but the reason why they went with Carter, at least in my opinion, I know that Pierce praised Carter's um, level-headedness, but I think it would have been Herter under normal circumstances, but Herter was already almost to his cap, which kind of kept him off the court. They needed the spacing also that Carter can provide, and that ended up working out very well. Uh, Trey Young hit a three to tie the game at 90. From there, it was a lot of back and forth. Orlando actually led 94 to 90 in this game, so the Hawks finished with a 13 to 5 run overall. There was a lot of ugliness, though, I will say, on both ends of the floor. Nice uh, high floater off the glass from Trey Young to tie the game at 94. And then a couple of missed shots there. A horrible mid-ranger by Evan Fournier. Um, there was one time, I actually wrote this down in my notes as a potential microcosm of the game, but um, the Hawks got a stop, but it was Vucevic getting the offensive rebound and finishing to put them back ahead. And, uh, you know, with the way this game actually was feeling at that point in time, it felt like that might be a big one, but the Hawks made every play down the stretch that they needed to. Terrence Ross missed a wide-open corner three that the Hawks lost him on. They definitely benefited on that one that would have given them the lead. Um, Trey Young, though, uh, scores a layup with, with 2.11 to go to go by one. Evan Fournier ties it at the free throw line with less than two minutes to go from there. They alternated missed threes, but Young got to the rim past Markel Fultz, who was playing crunch time, an interesting decision, over DJ Augustine to go up by two with 102 to go. And uh, the Hawks never trailed from there from 102 to go. In my opinion, the biggest single play of this game was the Kevin Herter help side block on Nikola Lucevic, which was which is a crazy play. In fact, Lloyd Pierce referenced Kevin Herter as Kevin Matumbo after the game, which drew a, a chuckle from me and others in the uh, media room. That was an awesome play by Kevin Herter uh, on the backside. I think it'll probably be forgotten for the most part because of what happened next as Trey Young put the game away with a banked-in contested three with 25 seconds to go. I will say, you know, obviously Trey Young lives for that moment. That's something Lloyd Pierce says all the time. Trey Young has given good quotes about that as well, about you know he just likes that moment, and that's uh, one of the big things the Hawks like about him. No question about it. He's a very confident guy, and he's earned that confidence. But uh, the bank there, you know, a little bit of good fortune, we have to say, um, but still, the shot went in, and that was basically the end of the game. Um, the Hawks did get a stop on the other end of the floor to really seal it, honestly, um, and actually, after some official review nonsense, the game took a lot longer to complete than it actually should have in the final five seconds or so, but um, the, the sequence of Young getting a layup to go up by two with 102 to go, then the massive block by Herter, and then the contested banked-in three from Young, that was the game, that three-possession stretch, and uh, it was a five-point, maybe seven-point swing in favor of the Hawks, and uh, that allowed them to get the win on this night but you know big picture themes in this game the area that the Hawks struggled in the most was keeping the magic off the glass they had 17 offensive rebounds in this game um, in terms of uh, actually defending shots even Pierce said this as well but their, their defensive field goal percentage was great the magic shot 35% from the floor and 16% from three they were five of 31 now always with a number that bad there is some bad shooting in there from Orlando that is independent of the Hawks obviously um, you know Guys like Ross going one for six, Fournier one for six, Vucevic over four. Um, you know that's, that stuff's a little bit independent of what the Hawks were able to do, but still they played good defense in this game on the whole. 
and the only thing they, just, they kind of just failed to do was they, they put the magic on the line 26 times. That was a big swing thing as well. So free throws and offensive rebounds really kind of beat up the Hawks in this game, but it ended up being enough. And at, from a defensive rating standpoint overall, they only allowed exactly one point per possession in this game. They had uh, you know 99 possessions um, in terms of the overall pace of this contest, and uh, that's really good defense on the whole. Obviously, again, there's some help from Orlando, and Orlando's not a great offensive team, but the Hawks did enough in this game to generate some poor looks, and that and, and they took advantage of that. Offensively, the numbers were not, they're not were not crazy good for the Hawks in this contest. A 104 offensive rating, that is worse than they will normally be on a per-possession basis in the entire season, but Orlando's defense is very good, and uh, you know with Young going crazy, that allowed the Hawks to kind of just do enough in this game. They, they missed uh, seven of their 15 free throws, that's really rough at a bad time. It didn't end up biting, biting them here, but it would have in a closer game in some respects. They had 18 turnovers, including 13 turnovers in the second half. That is too many, of course. But Trey Young just did Trey Young things. We'll talk about him more later, but 39-9-7 and seven speaks for itself. He was absolutely fantastic in this contest, and uh, that was enough. In fact, the number two leading scorer in this game was a tie between Jabari Parker and Kevin Herter at 10 points. 39 was the leading score. So it was a Trey Young show, and uh, that, this game will be re- remembered for that by uh, any, any definition, any description. But, yeah, defensively, the, the Hawks did a great job in this contest. We'll talk about more about that as we get into individual, individual players here. But the defensive effort is uh, my number one takeaway from this game because we, we already know that Trey Young is awesome. Um, that's obviously uh, something that we're going to talk about more. But in terms of takeaways and things to actually look ahead to the future with the defense in the first two games, that's something Lloyd Pierce said as well after this game. The defense has been quite good, in my opinion, at least according to expectations um, from before the season. So I think the Hawks being competitive on that end of the floor is a huge win, and uh, it's going to be a swing factor for them looking ahead to the future. After a short break, we will come back and talk about the individual players in this game, so hold on tight. All right, and we'll go to the bench first in this contest. As I said before, the Hawks played 12 guys. That's a lot of players. Uh, Bruno Fernando played nine minutes. He left the game with the injury, of course, as I said before, but four points, five rebounds, two assists for Bruno. Had a couple of rough uh, non-catches on passes, but other than that, I thought Bruno was pretty good. His energy is, is infectious at times. I thought he was I thought he was able to hold his own. He was minus five, but you know, not really his fault. I thought he was okay, and we'll see what the injury stuff has to say about Fernando. Once Damian Jones came in, he had four points in 11 minutes. Didn't do a whole lot defensively. He had one help side block, which was nice. He's definitely not great on the end of the floor still, but uh, Jones is someone who didn't kill them in this game. That's kind of all you could ask him to do as the third center, effectively, in the rotation right now. Vince Carter, I referenced before, did only played crunch time for the most part in the second half, but 12 minutes, he was plus 16. That is one heck of a ratio for Vince. Of course, he, ben- he benefits from the work of Trey Young <laughs> down the stretch, but uh, I thought Vince was solid in his minutes defensively. I will say Vince has been a little bit shakier in the first two games than he was last season. That could be just the fact that he's 42 years old. could be the fact that it's it's still a very small sample size, but something to keep in mind there when talking about Vince Carter. Evan Turner did not play a ton, 11 minutes. He's definitely in that weird backup point guard role to some degree, but just not playing a ton of minutes. It's probably the the best way to approach that, honestly, because I don't think that Turner is notably better than some of the other options, but... Didn't, 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 did not do a whole lot in this game. One point, three rebounds, and an assist for Turner. By the way, took a three, like pretty confidently. Didn't look great, and he missed it, but uh, he took one. So that's something to file away. Uh, DeAndre Bembry, 26 minutes to lead all reserves in minutes in this game. Nine points, seven rebounds, an assist, and a steal. He was a team worst, minus 18. I'm not sure you contributed that to Bembry. I thought he was okay. You know, the shooting was not great, but the, the, the defense is always there with DeAndre. He played very well defensively, made some plays, and I thought he just got the sort of the unlucky bounces uh, that come with the plus minus and lineup stuff and all that and all that. And all that. 
Uh, finally, Jabari Parker, 10 points, 4 rebounds off the bench. He was not quite as big of a product in this game as he was in the opener, but still 18 minutes. Um, not a ton of deployment for him, which is, that's probably okay. You know, the Hawks in this, kind of, in this kind of game didn't necessarily need Parker to be leaned on as much as he was in Detroit. He wasn't quite as good as he was in Detroit, but, you know, all things considered, a pretty solid effort and a couple of nice, much-needed offensive plays from Parker along the way. Finally, Kevin Herter, 21 minutes off the bench. Again, uh, narrowly exceeding his uh, minutes limit in this game, but uh, still right about where the Hawks had to have him. Uh, 10 points for Herter, four assists, nice passes, two rebounds, hit two of five from three, three, three of seven from the from the uh, from the floor. Had the monstrous block, which is definitely the play of the game. Um, but aside from that, I thought her just looked better in this game. Looked more comfortable, more like himself. We'll see how much he can play in the future. The Hawks don't play again until Monday, so they have one more day off, but without but without travel. So we'll see how he uh, is, is treated for Monday. But again, minutes limit went 15 in the opener to 20 tonight. It might be 20 again on Monday. We'll see how that is uh, handled by the Hawks. But I thought Herter looked more like Herter, and that's a very, very good thing for this Hawks team. Uh, to the starters in this game, Alex Lynn, 20 minutes was definitely not a huge part of the contest, honestly. Three points, four rebounds, an assist, and a block shot. He was shaky. I didn't think he was great by any means. Um, and the Hawks definitely played small um, on purpose in the fourth quarter to sort of avoid having to play center. And, and a lot of that's because Lynn wasn't great. You know, the first two games, I don't really care. He's been better than the preseason, better than he was in the preseason, but Lynn has not been fantastic. We'll see how much he can settle in to his new role. But I think it's simply, simply put to say that um, – well, it's not necessarily a starting center right now. He has to be that on this team because he's the best option, but uh, not someone who you want to lean on for a ton of minutes, and the Hawks are treating him as that kind of player right now. Cam Reddish, 23 minutes for him, 6 points, 3 rebounds, 3 of 9 from the floor, 0 of 3 from 3. The perimeter shooting has been shaky from Cam. It's still a small sample size, but something to monitor. I will say, and I tweeted this during the game, I believe in response to Jamila, um, but... Defensively, Cam Reddish has been very, very good in the first two games. Something I talked about all summer long, honestly, was that Cam was underrated as a defender in college. I thought he was very good defensively in college. That was one of my traits that I really liked about Cam, about, about Cam coming out of the draft, and it's been really even better than I thought it was going to be early on. I think he's been a competent to better than that um, NBA defender, and for a rookie, that is a huge compliment for Cam, Reddish, for Cam Reddish. He's making a lot of plays defensively. He's in the right place at the right time, and that's something that he can sort of use to, to raise his floor as a defensive player. Offensively, it's still kind of work in progress. He's not been great offensively, and honestly, there are definitely better options on the team offensively than Reddish is at this point in time, but with the defense and, of course, the incentive to play him to have him grow in the future uh, allows for him to uh, hold up at least reasonably well as a rookie through two games uh, of the season. Something interesting about this game, DeAndre Hunter only played 20, 22 minutes, which I thought was interesting. He was plus 21, which is the best marker on the team. Uh, not all earned by him, I will say, but six points, three rebounds. Pretty quiet day from Hunter in some ways, but that's okay. He's going to have those kind of nights. This is kind of the night that I thought he might have on a regular basis for the most part coming into the season. Just, you know, kind of quietly efficient, solid on defense, um, playing his role, but not nothing popping necessarily, and that's okay for Hunter. Um, last two guys, of course, John Collins, nine points only, which was a little bit lower than you would think if you watch this game. 12 rebounds, have four block shots. I think still Collins is playing well defensively. I mentioned this on the last podcast, talking about Thursday's game and how, he, how well he played defensively. If this guy, if, if this is the Collins on defense that the Hawks get this season, the Hawks will be in really good shape, honestly. Of course, that's the big question with Collins that I've posed, and I'm not alone by any means in that. But if Collins defends at this level, over the course of the full season, then some of the doubts that I have about him, some people have about him as a, in terms of a, just a lockdown, you know, all-star level player is uh, get answered because, you know, offensively he's not been as productive in these first two games, which is something to monitor. He had a couple of nice hookups with Trey Young and lobs in this game that weren't there in Detroit. I thought he played better offensively in this game than he did in the first game, but defensively, you know, he was uh, interesting. I think um, coming in, 
to the season, but he's been very good in the first two games. That's just flat out, no no qualms, no caveats. He's been good defensively. And the four block shots are just one symptom of that. But I think Collins is playing quite well at the moment, despite the fact that he's not like lighting the world on fire as a scorer. I think he's out, I think he's now averaging like 13 and a half points a game, something like that. He's still been good uh, for the first two games. Uh, so no worries here about John Collins. And lastly, of course, it is Trey Young, 39 points, nine assists, seven rebounds, two steals, only had five turnovers, which is just fine for what he was able to do offensively. It was plus 14, again, in a four-point win in 36 minutes. So the Hawks were minus 10 in the 12 minutes without him. That's, that's kind of rough. But 16 to 25 from the floor, 5 of 10 from three, 2 of 4 from the free throw line. Lloyd Pierce was asked after the game about the difference between this year's, this year's Trey Young and last year's Trey Young. And the first thing he said was, you know, last year at this time, he wasn't making shots from three. And that was the big thing about that. This time around, he's making those shots, and that kind of opens the lineup for everybody else. You know, 5'10 from three, he's lighting it up. He's, you know, I'm not sure he's going to shoot 60% from three this season, but at the same time, as long as he's a threat from out there, which he absolutely is, the range is just well-documented. He's a, he's a dynamic shooter, dynamic passer, dynamic ball handler, all that stuff. Defensively, he's been better in the first two games than he was really at any point last season, so he's checking every box around this. I said this during the game as well, after the game, but there were legitimate MVP chants, like loud MVP chants in this building tonight. Now, is he going to win MVP this year? That is wildly unlikely. I will say that just because teams that are where the Hawks are don't usually have MVP guys on them. But he's playing at a ridiculous level right now. The first two games of the season, it's a you know small small sample size, caveats, all that stuff. If this is the player Trey Young, Trey Young is now, he's going to be an All Star and he's going to be a deserved All Star. We'll see how they, we see how we get there. That at this point in time, it's not a slight on him to say that he's not going to be the MVP of the league this year. That's just kind of just just realistic expectations for the team. But hearing that in Atlanta for a non-opposing player is just kind of crazy. I've covered this team for almost a decade now. That has never happened in my time. And before that, I was a season ticket holder. That never happened then. You would get that stuff for LeBron or Kobe uh, or Dwayne Wade or whoever in this building from casual fans or you know fans of the other team. But there were actual loud MVP chants that weren't joking chants in this game about Trey Young. That's how good he was in this game. You know, again, I, I kind of made fun of it a little bit, but the, the banked in three was kind of laughable in some ways. You know, that's not a skill shot necessarily, but that's someone who's willing, willingly able to take that shot and celebrate it and be confident and he's that engine that the Hawks just have to have and he's been that for two games you know I said this during the game as well on Twitter but he's an offense unto himself he's a fantastic offensive player already the shooting the shooting is going to come and go at certain times it's not going to be this good all the time but the passing is absolutely legitimate he makes the right he makes the right decisions he's dynamic in every way really offensively right now you see you cannot say enough positive things about the way that Trae Young is playing and again defensively that was the biggest question coming into the season for me anyway I wasn't worried at all about his offense his offense has been better than I thought it was going to be. His defense has been even better. So all that to say, you know, Trey Young is just playing fantastic basketball, and he's by far the biggest reason why this team is 2-0. There are plenty of reasons why this team is 2-0. As I said before, the defense is one of them. The defense has been quite good in these first two games in a way that I'm not sure is going to continue, but it's 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 documented. It's out there. So that they've now played, you know, 2.5% of the season, and they played good defense in those first two games. But, you know, if you're, if you're going down the list of reasons why the Hawks are 2-0, Trey Young is number one on that list in the way he's been playing. So kudos to him. He's been fantastic. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk more about Trey Young, of course, in the future. But a worthy end to this podcast is talking about how good Trey was because he was just absolutely ridiculous, and uh, I'm out of things to say at this point in time about Trey Young and the Hawks. So, uh, 2-0 for this Hawks team, which is not exactly a surprising outcome when you factor in the first two games separately, but if you combine everything into one into one thing, they were underdogs in both games, they played great in both games for the most part, so that's a fantastic place to be. You know, the schedule is what it is coming up, it's going to get pretty difficult in some ways, but banking two wins at the top here is really important. 
the Hawks have Sunday off before they play Monday. And, uh, you know, Monday's against Philly. That would be even an, an even better test. You know, Philly is better than Orlando. Philly is better than Detroit. But, you know, playing at home, the Hawks clearly, if they play like this offensively, particularly if Trey Young plays like this, they can hang or beat anybody. If they play, if they play that, they'll obviously be underdogs again against Philly unless Philly comes in with injuries. You know, Joel Embiid actually missed the game on Saturday. So if he's out, the, the playing field is considerably leveled. But, um, yeah, another nice test coming for this Hawks team. We'll have plenty more in the future on that. I'm not sure if there'll be another podcast between now and the game on Monday because of, you know, tomorrow's Sunday and all that fun stuff, but you get an extra podcast coming to your feed on Saturday night into Sunday morning, so hopefully that will tide you over. Until Monday, I will be in the building once again for that one, Hawks, Sixers, Monday evening, and then I'll have another podcast right after that, hopefully after another positive performance from this Hawks team. And, and uh, you know, if they, if they post 3-0, and be getting a lot of attention. I think it's probably safe to say that nationally there'll be a lot of attention paid to this Hawks team after two games, and rightfully so. They're playing great, and, uh, you know, if you're looking at, at at the playoffs, I can't talk down to you about that by any means. You know, posting posting two wins in a row is a good place to be, and that, and that conversation will of course continue over the next 80. So uh, stay tuned for that. Please subscribe to the podcast. Please tell your friends about the show. I really appreciate everyone that's jumped on board. We could certainly use more though. So please tell your friends, subscribe, rate, and review the show so we can get a little bit higher on the rankings. I really appreciate that as well. And we will see everybody at the very latest on Monday evening.